You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Many people think that diversity, equity, and inclusion is something else that they should be doing, another action that they should be taking. But the reality is, is that diversity, equity, and inclusion is not about one action that you can take. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is the filter for everything that you do. It is how you do all things. Remembering to utilize it as that filter for everything that you do, that is the game changer in all of your efforts. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on Apply. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are reminded to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. So as we move into uh, almost, I think it's almost the second month of 2022, um, it feels like sometimes Time is a little hard to keep up with, but I digress. As we're moving into a new year, uh, hoping to bring new energy with it, one of the things that I'm really grateful for is the fact that the work that I do does not come with a lot of the challenging dynamics that it did back in 2020. Um, One of those is urgency. There was just a push to jump into something that there wasn't the same sense of need around moving into it immediately before George Floyd was murdered. And that caused a bit of a ripple effect. There were people that felt like I have to fix this now. I need to know all the things now. I need to not be canceled now. I need to be better now. And the reality is, is that it's not that simple. It didn't get established, let alone thrive the way that it does overnight. And so it doesn't dissipate that easily. However, you know, those that really were pulling on that type of thread, a number of those people have simply gone back to sleep, shall I say, and they're not in it as much. And those that are still in it are in it. But occasionally, there will kind of be this little, you know, small resurgence here or there that I, and it kind of reminds me that I think it's important to touch base on it. It feels almost like if you're cleaning your house, you know that periodically you have to clean the baseboards. If you don't clean the baseboards at some point, no matter how much you clean, there's always going to be that part that just didn't get addressed. And so I think it's important to address the fact that, you know, when that urgency can pop up, 
one of the ways that people want to try to address that is by operationalizing DEI. And basically, that gives them a way to kind of wrap their head around it. They can make it easily digestible. They can put it on a schedule. They can put it in a box. Great. Once I do these things, we'll all be good to go and we can just keep moving. And that's just not how that works. You cannot operationalize actions that are done in reference to DEI that simply. Um, There are things that you can do. Um, that are a part of your DEI efforts. So for example, if you create and facilitate an awards program, which um, Indy and I talked with Jennifer Voss of Martha Beck Incorporated back on episode 141. And one of the things we talked about was the awards program. And so if you're operationalizing an actual program and an actual workflow that you go through, that can be done for tangible things. But Diversity, equity, and inclusion cannot be simplified down to just tangible things because learning and unlearning, that's not something that you can schedule like a task. You can't take it off a list. You have to be open to understanding that the experience happens whenever and whenever it is time for it to happen, wherever and however, like there's just no way around that. And the operationalizing of it is just a way to try to make it something that you can disconnect the emotional aspect of it. You can disconnect how it feels, how it makes others feel, and that it's not simply a structure that exists without the tethers of emotional baggage and trauma and damage that it creates, which is why it's so fucking efficient, sadly. And so I think it's important to remind you to resist that urge to push through that process. We cannot operationalize the process of understanding, dismantling, learning, unlearning, relearning, going back to the starting line, all of those things. You can't operationalize your DEI efforts. You can't just try to hide from it when it gets too hard or to push harder when you think it's easy. Because what will happen is, is it'll end up surprising you and you might not be quite as far along as you think. Oh, you know what? I'm really good. Let me just move really quickly. And it's going to come back and it's going to be like, no, no, no. You have not unlearned as much as you think you have. This is a lifelong process. If you think three to six months, you're good. You have not actually done anything. That's not how this works. You are not socialized and programmed with something that you can get rid of that simply. And so this is a reminder to be open to learning from all of the things that you experience as a part of your DEI learning and unlearning efforts. The movies you watch, the music you listen to, uh, the word choices that you use and those around you use. Um, And using word choices as an example, I've heard people mention how, you know, The goal is not just to change people's language or the goal is not, hey, look, I changed my language and now I'm a good person. The goal is to understand the harm that the language causes. The goal is to understand the systemic structures that are upheld by using that language and therefore subtly or not so subtly reminding people of their place and where they need to stay and what their worth is. So you have to understand that even the things that feel like, why am I doing this? I don't know why this is a part of this. It's all a part of it. For the same reasons that you don't think about why you 
automatically think of specific defaults. The same reason that you don't know why is the same reason you can't try to simplify the process of DEI because it's programming. We don't know why if somebody were to say, for an example, you see two people that look very different and you assume that they're not related. You don't know that. Did you assume that they weren't because you're socialized to believe that siblings have to look similar or that cousins have to look similar, whatever it is, and not acknowledging that that's not how family dynamics always work. That's not how life always works. And so that's a small example, but slightly resistant to truly give you a big example because I kind of want to challenge you here. I want you to think about how it shows up. I want you to think about where you have these areas in your thinking that maybe are the defaults because again, that's just how we were taught. And where maybe you don't quite always acknowledge how impactful it can be to pay attention to even the smallest of things that you experience. Uncovering that in the regular things that you think nothing about and that you might do on a daily basis, that there could be a great opportunity there to pay attention to how you feel and where you can question things just a little bit deeper. I'm going to give you a couple points that might help you to think about how you can bring the lens of DEI into your everyday life so that it doesn't end up getting kind of stuck in this place of I need to operationalize it and kind of segregate it off and completely separate it. How it's so easy for it to show up everywhere because the main thing that I want you to take from this is actually one of the points. And it's the fact that DEI is not something that you do. It's how you do all things. You cannot operationalize everything that you do if it is how you do all things. Often people would say things like, you know, hey, do you have a DEI module? Can you create, you know, they'll ask me, can you create a DEI module for, you know, my program? The reason why you don't want that is because that still addresses it as an afterthought. That still makes it like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like another th- like task, right? It's another thing to learn. And it's not, that, it's not that easy. And so if you notice that come up, it's really important to kind of reframe that and to not look for the surface level of DEI as an extra add-on and to look at DEI as, oh, I need to really make sure that the lens that I'm processing all things is coming through it and noticing where I can be better. That does not mean that perfection needs to show up at the table. We already know that perfection is not the goal and it's not helpful. But being able to acknowledge where there is a possibility and an opportunity to be better, that's the goal. And that's what using the lens of DEI for all things really means. And that's why it's so important. And that's why you want to use it as the lens and not operationalize it. So one of the things that you can kind of think about when you're using that lens is that biases and preconceived notions aren't read away like the passages of a book. If you are seeking this place to read or learn or listen or protest or donate it away, it's not how that works. (laughs) It's not how that works at all. And so this is where you have to notice that your own discomfort is showing up and you're seeking a way to swash it. You're seeking a place to, depending on how the pain really feels, you may even want to numb it. 
that's telling you that there's something there. And so when you're using DEI as a lens versus a task, keeping in mind the biases and preconceived notions aren't simply dissipated that easily is going to make a difference. Another one is that you're normal, and I'm using air quotes, y'all can't see me right now, even regardless of if you're reading this or listening to the podcast, but air quotes, your normal shows up everywhere. So catching it in action is more valuable than intellectualizing its imagined presence. The thing that you consider your normal, your baseline shows up everywhere. It is what you measure things through because, again, that's your normal. We all have our normal. And so paying attention to when it pops up, that's an opportunity for growth. That's an opportunity for evolution. Noticing if you assumed what someone's pronoun is. Noticing if you assume what someone's socioeconomic status is. Noticing if you assumed how somebody identifies simply by looking at them and not knowing whether or not they are a cis, hetero, white female that's married. By assuming that you are, you know, judging and looking at somebody, oh, you're an ally or not. You are in support of someone or not. Being able to pay attention to when that shows up, what's going on in that situation, What prompted me to feel that way? What prompted me to have that thought? Why did I make that assumption? Why did I assume that that was true? Why did I make that somebody else's truth? That type of learning, that type of awareness, that type of oh shit moment is a whole lot more valuable than let me read this book and I'm going to figure out what it means to have a biases and I'm going to make sure that I go through and I get rid of all my biases. Fuck that. Y'all haven't heard me flared up in a little bit. That's my flared up for you. Fuck that. When you intellectualize the imagined presence of when your normal creates a normal for somebody else that is inaccurate. You are doing a disservice to yourself and that person that you have put inside of a box to make you feel good in that moment. That is not okay. That is what I want you to pay attention to. That is where the opportunities really come up. That is a huge part of your process that I do not want you to miss. And there's no book on it. There's no checklist. There's no how to be a fill in the blank about it. It is paying attention to when your own shit pops up and we all have it. And we all have the responsibility to notice it and to figure out how we can do better with that now known opportunity. That's where the magic is. Operationalizing, where am I going to talk about my trauma growing up with parents that, you know, maybe weren't as inclusive? Or where am I going to address that I went to high school with people that used racial slurs? You know, where am I going to unpack having had... uh, leadership in certain uh, in employment that I've had that assumed who and how I was and therefore treated me differently because of it. Those are all things that you have to go through, whether you choose to go through it on your own, whether you choose to go through it with a therapist, whether you choose to employ a coach, if you are coachable and someone is willing to go through that with you. 
side note, don't, don't dump all this on your friends. I'm just wanted to put that in there. Um, that isn't something that you can operationalize. You can't operationalize working through the emotional pieces that come along with dismantling white supremacy and how it decided to park itself in the way that you respond and or behave in life. Can't do it. And so again, you can find a way to operationalize the way you are seeking to do things better. Hiring practices can be operationalized to make sure that there's as little biases as possible. However, if you're doing culture fit interviews where you're addressing whether or not you're a good fit for this candidate and whether or not they're a good fit for you in order to maintain the type of culture that you've built and you're, you're seeking to continue to build through the lens of DEI, you can't operationalize the emotional pieces of it. You can operationalize your process, but you can't operationalize the emotional piece of that process. I hope that makes sense. I know that that feels like it might be a big thing, but there are absolutely pieces of your process of what you do to be more equitable, to be more inclusive, to create more belonging. However, you can't operationalize the pieces that aren't easily categorized and that don't easily fit in a box. So as always, I know that there's a lot to think about. There's a lot to dig through. And these are not always small things. However, give yourself space to think this through. Give yourself space to journal on it. Give yourself space to be in conversation with others about it and to really consider what this means for you now and going forward and how it is that you can get more clear on how you want to operationalize diversity, equity, and inclusion for your life personally and professionally. And, you know, I tell you all the time, we can't talk around topics. You have to use language to call it what it is, period. No matter how palatable or unpalatable it might be, which is why it's so important to be able to feel as though you have clarity on your values, that you could be explicit about who you support, what you support, why you support it, and making sure that your actions are aligned with it. That helps you to be able to use diversity, equity, and inclusion as a lens. And you're able to continue moving forward. Again, it's a process, not a destination. So that way, if you want to have the operationalized piece show up so that the equity that you are trying to create in your business can continue to grow, and it's not just based on you having to do everything because we're interdependent on one another. That means that every person that you hire, every business you're buying from, all of those types of things, you can work on operationalizing that. Those are the actions that are going to bring you closer to actually living your values out loud instead of pushing you farther away. So if that's something that you want to work on, that is something that Indy and I can support you with in the Implicit to Explicit Masterclass. If you want to learn more and to go ahead and schedule today, you can come on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit, and you can be able to figure out what this means for you going into 2022. You get to make that decision. I love the fact that you paused <laughs> what you were doing and you came here and you listened to me. You let me share my perspective and what I've learned and what I've done, those that have allowed me to support them. And you're taking this in through the work that you're doing. And for that, I appreciate you. 
for continuing to be a part of shifting and making the changes that we all want to see. So as we continue together, getting more people, dropping the veil, challenging the thoughts, feelings, and actions. Thank you. Until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. People think they know what to expect, but they have not met you yet. Bi-Weekly, India Jackson, co-founder of Pause on the Play, has conversations exploring branding and visibility. Own your values and amplify your influence by giving the Flaunt Your Fire podcast a follow today. I also want to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the stolen land of the Susquehannock, Piscataway, Nantigua people native to this area known as Maryland. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?